Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and this segment is all about the first house in Vedic astrology and what the first house represents. And so if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, um, it is currently Mercury retrograde. And so I'm going back, I'm revisiting and revising segments and brushing them up a bit, adding some intro music, just an overall facelift on my podcast. Um, And so some of this is going to be different than the original, but I realized that I left a lot out of the houses. And so I wanted to go back and just give you a little bit more information on them. There is going to be an interlude in this podcast that will contain a snippet from the original as well. And so you'll notice that when it happens. If you're interested in calculating your own individual birth chart, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on chart and see your own individual birth chart. And so the first house in astrology is very significant. My teacher always used to say that we are always born right on time. So if you were born two months early, a week late, whenever you decided to enter this world, it was exactly when you needed to. When you were born, the sign on the eastern horizon represents your first house. And so first house, rising sign, ascendant, Lagna, they are all synonymous with one another, and you'll hear me using those terms interchangeably. And so the first house represents your physical composition, how you show up in the world. It can represent your confidence. It has a lot to do with your personality and how others perceive you in the outer world. The first house is going to flavor all of the other houses. So if you have Libra rising, the second house will be flavored by Scorpio. The third house will be flavored by Sagittarius. The fourth house will be flavored by Capricorn, so on and so forth. And so we can see just how much of an impact knowing the rising sign can be. The houses also take on the qualities of the signs. And so because the first house, it's the number one, it kind of takes on the energy of Aries. And so Aries has this strong sense of self. Um, There can be a confidence there. And it represents the head as well. And so the first house has that natural connection If many planets are in the first house, it is going to show a grand sense of self, a grand ego, depending on what planets are there. And it can give a lot of energy to manifest things in the outer world. There are many different classifications of the houses, but the first house, to keep it simple, is a Kendra house and a Dharma house. And so Kendra houses, they give a lot of power to a chart. If you have many planets in a Kendra house or in the first house, it's going to give a lot of power and a lot of energy to manifest. The qualities of these houses can dominate a chart. And so if you have many planets in the first house, those qualities may dominate a lot of your personality and how people perceive you. 
Now, the first house is also a Dharma house. And Dharma houses are are connected to our sense of self and our sense of purpose in this life. If people have strong Dharma houses, they are born with this grand sense of purpose. They feel that there's something that they must achieve in this life. And so if there are many planets in the first house, this can be more or less fulfilling. If you have very positive planets in the first house and they are well aspected, there's going to be a grand sense of purpose, the ability to manifest dreams, and an overall courage and integrity, the physical vitality to complete your mission, because the first house is also vitality. Now, if there are planets that are not doing well or negatively aspected, it can be frustrating because you may have that grand sense of purpose and desire to manifest, but there may be roadblocks or um, some type of obstruction in some way. And so just keeping in mind, the first house is a Kendra house and a Dharma house, very powerful placement to have planets. Depending on what planets are in the first house, it's going to impact your physical composition. It's going to have a lot to do with your personality, how you hold yourself in public, how you perceive yourself, and how other people perceive you as well. It also has to do with your physical vitality, your strength, your integrity, and your confidence, the confidence that you're going to have in this life to get things done. And so this is my general overall take on the first house. I do want to add, it's important to notice the, where the first house ruler is depending on where the first house ruler is. That means that yourself, your identity, your composition, it's going to be directly related to that house. And so if your first house ruler is in the sixth house, there may be a grand sense to serve other people. If your first house ruler is in the 10th house, there may be this grand sense to invest your life in your career. And so if you want to learn more about house rulers, I do have a segment house rulers and what that even means that you can check out. And so if you go to my website to generate your chart, I have a North Indian chart and the rising sign, Lagna Ascendant, all the same, is going to be the the top middle diamond. And so if you're looking at a South Indian chart, it looks a little bit different. It's squares and you read it differently, but wherever you see the dash, there will be one square that has a line through it and that will represent your Lagna. And so I hope that this was helpful and enjoy the next portion of this podcast. This is the segment of the podcast where I am transitioning over into the later portion. So please enjoy this little segment from the original recording and hopefully you find it helpful. Different planets come into the first house. They're going to do various things. And this is not, I don't have time, unfortunately, to go through extensively what all of them will mean. I'll have more podcasts in the future for that. I'll briefly talk about the planets through the houses, but excuse me. It's also going to be very important to look at the sign in the first house, 
the planets, if there are any in the first house, and where the first house ruler is located. Okay. And this is where things are going to get a little bit rabbit holy. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail with this, but let's just say the first house ruler is in the seventh house. That would mean whatever planet rules your lagna, your rising sign, if it's placed in the seventh house, that would mean that you're really involved in your relationships. If you are a Taurus ascendant, if you have the number two in that first middle diamond, that means you're a Taurus ascendant. It's ruled by the planet Venus. If you look at the seventh house and you see VE, Venus, that would mean the first house ruler moves into the seventh house. So there's a strong connection with that house. So this is where things start getting really interesting. But let's try to make it a little bit more simple and say, okay, we know already that the rising sign is indicative of your face and your body, your physical composition, your ego and how you carry yourself and what lessons you're meant to learn in this life, your karmic I want to say debt, but I don't really, I don't think that anything is bad and I don't really approach it as a debt. Your karmic dues, let's say your karmic dues, what you're meant to learn and the strengths that you have to navigate in this life. Different planets in the first house are going to do a variety of things. So let's say you're looking at someone's chart and they have the sun in the first house. The sun is ego. So you're taking this ego and soul and putting it in the first house. So that can show someone who does have a big ego or a really strong sense of self, a really strong confidence. Maybe this person, it doesn't take a lot for them to get attention. Something else I've noticed, the the rising sign is your head. Okay. It can show somebody with a receding hairline. Or somebody who starts losing their hair early. It's like you're taking the sun and putting it on someone's head and it burns it up. And this is actually something that I've seen quite a bit. This is not very uncommon. If you see the moon in the first house. So moon is emotions and it's sensitivity. It is being empathetic to those around you and nurturing When you see somebody with moon in the first house, it can give somebody like a moon-like face, a round face. It can make somebody with deep, watery eyes. It can be someone who has really sensitive allergies, like because it's sensitivity. So maybe they just are very sensitive to the environment and can pick up on scents and things like this. If somebody has... Mars in the first house. Mars is action oriented and it's the athlete and the go-getter of the planet. So if it comes into the first house, it can show someone who is more of like a Pitta dosha. If you follow Ayurveda, it's that fiery energy. They may have a lot of freckles. They may have a reddish hue to their hair. Um, They may have like an athletic build. There may have also been complications in birth because Mars is sharp objects So there could have been some sort of um, complication at birth. Maybe this person has a lot of scars on their body. If you look at somebody with mercury in the first house, one of my best friends, well, okay, my best friend, (laughs) she has mercury in the first house and something is that it brings humor. 
make somebody incredibly intelligent and quick-witted and hilarious and just a really great sense of humor. This is more of a tridoshic planet. And so tridoshic means you're not skinny, you're not fat, you have pretty fair composition, pretty healthy, strong immune system. If you have mercury in the first house, it can bring those things. It can also bring a youthfulness as well. If you're looking at Venus in the first house, this person is going to be naturally beautiful and naturally elegant. They're going to be able to carry themselves with grace. Um, it could also be somebody that identifies with their relationships because it's taking this planet of relationships and putting it in the first house of identity. So this person may feel like they always need to be in a relationship and take their relationships very seriously, but there is a very strong beauty and elegance about them. When Jupiter comes into the first house, Jupiter is expansion and growth and retention and fat. <laughs> so when Jupiter comes into the first house, it can make somebody who's just big and larger than life. It can also make somebody who does struggle with weight, perhaps um, enjoying sweet food, allowing themselves to indulge, which is fine because Jupiter in the first house also brings generosity and caring and people who love to give to others and are generally happy and um, cheerful. If you have Saturn in the first house, this brings someone who is extremely disciplined, someone who is extremely disciplined and actually can be quite thin. When you see people with Saturn in the first house, it can often, it's that restriction, right? So either someone who doesn't eat a lot by nature, like maybe they forget to eat or they kind of forget to take care of themselves. They can be an old soul. Like they come into this life with a lot of wisdom. Um, and there may be a sort of restrictive nature about them. Maybe they like to spend a lot of time to themselves and they may, once again, they may be a little thin. They may not have super luxurious thick hair. It may be a little bit uh, finer, maybe drier as well. If you see Rahu in the first house, these people have a grand sense of destiny because you're taking this node of insatiable desire. You can't get enough of it. It's, you know, it wants everything to do with the surrounding planets and house and sign. So when Rahu comes into the first house, it can make somebody with this very deep sense of purpose, very deep sense of dharma, um, path. And it can also create someone who has something unusual about the way they look. And I'm not saying that they're unattractive by any means. I've actually seen a lot of people that are quite attractive with this, or at least in my opinion. But there is something unusual about their air. Um, when you bring K2, oh, and Rahu also comes with a little bit of an ego. If K2 comes into the first house, similar to Saturn, it can bring some thinness, some restriction. Um, it can also bring this sense of, you know, I've already met my identity and I'm more interested in exploring my spiritual area. Like I'm more interested in exploring the spiritual parts of myself and others because I feel like I've already seen all there is to my human identity is what I've seen with K2. So those are how the planets and the luminaries and the nodes can act in the first house. Hopefully using them as examples have given you a good insight into how the first house works. Self, identity, face, physical composition.
So for these upcoming segments, I'm going to talk about the second house, third house, through all 12 houses, and then we'll start talking about planets in the signs and planets in the houses and hopefully just give you more and more information that you can utilize. On Astrology Now underscore podcast, I've posted a North Indian chart. Remember, I always talk about Vedic sidereal zodiac. And so if you want to go there, you can see that it says Lagna, North Indian chart. It can help you kind of begin to start seeing how the charts work if you're not aware already. Or you can go to innerknowing.yoga. I have a North Indian chart up there as well with a few pointers on how to start reading it innerknowing.yoga. And if you have any questions or would like to schedule a reading, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. My name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.